Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. So, uh, if you, again, if you're taking notes, and I always encourage you to do that, uh, write down the scriptures. You can always go back and uh, go back to them. Um, I know some of you do, some of you don't, but uh, it's really a good way to uh, uh, really get things uh, ingrained. Um, but I'm going to be quoting a few this morning, or just uh, maybe taking a few words out of it. I'll, I'll quote the scripture uh, so that you can take it down, but for time's sake... Uh, uh, that way we can get through the lesson uh, in a more timely manner. Romans 10, 13 through 17. And in there it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If there's no Word, there's no faith. If you didn't hear the Word of God, whatever you believe, whatever you're doing is not faith. It's something else. Faith only comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And the Scripture's full of talking about faith. The assurance, the conviction, the substance. Your surety. Your conviction. If it's not the Word of God, then it is in faith in something else. It is sure and convictions of something that isn't according to God. I want to show you how vital the Word is. If I was to give you guys any other lesson, and many of you have heard me speak uh, just different avenue about the Word of God, and I'm a pretty simple guy. And that's okay, because this is where it's at. And I want to show how vital it is. If there was any other lesson that I was to give, I think this is probably one of the most important. From somebody who's not a Christian, to somebody that's a new Christian, to those who have been in Christ for a long time. I want to show you how vital the Word is from start to finish. From its first appearance to you. Okay? When you first heard. Whether you were seeing the glorious character of Christ in somebody that you met, you're seeing the Word manifested in them. You're introduced to Jesus through them. For, so from its first appearance to you, then the Word eventually in you as you become a Christian... Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then the word from you, as it is manifested to the man or woman who is in the presence of God on a daily basis, is transformed into that image, that glorious character, then is manifested, that presence to others around you. And your growth, both in you and from you, it all has to be from here, in the presence 
of Christ our King. Think of it as a relationship. As I had opened up in the prayer meditation, you first meet and uh, begin to know your future husband or wife, but in this sense, uh, Christ, our husband. You know, we, we get to know him. We're introduced to him. Then we're betrothed to him once that part comes. So God's word, his presence to you and then in you. The betrothal. And then the marriage and its growth as a couple begin to grow. But without being in the presence of each other all the way through from the beginning to the end, what happens? The relationship dies. How much more so your relationship to Jesus? That's how vital God's Word is. And hopefully by the end of today, and I know a lot of you know this, but as a way of reminder, I want you to understand, even coming from a simple person as myself, how vital this is. This is something that I can stand on. And the house will never be shaken. It's the, the cure-all pill. It's the what everybody wants. This is it. So my first point, the Word. Present to you, in you, and from you. The Word. Present to you, in you, and from you. John 1. John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overpower it. So first and foremost, I want to establish, I want to say, oh, the Word, oh, the Bible. It's like, okay, that's just a book. No, it's Jesus. It's God. Romans 10 And I quoted a little bit of this earlier. Uh, Romans 10, 14 through 17. And in verse 13, he says, And whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay? We know that the Lord is the Word. It says, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Someone introduces Jesus to you initially, right? The Word to you. 
His presence. You're introduced. It's like the first time you meet somebody. You get to know them. It's like that presence is right there, right? It's like um, that face sort of thing. It's like, okay, you see. And you hear. Okay? But it takes somebody preaching the Word. Somebody's got to bring that Word to you. Okay, you got to learn about it somehow or another. So in verses uh, 1 through 13, you can go back there later, but he says, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, and it's the Jews, for their salvation. He's praying for them to be saved. For he says, I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves. You know, when somebody gets introduced to something, sometimes they get introduced to things that aren't the truth. How are they really to know? And Paul's prayer is for their salvation. How vital is it to know the truth? To actually know Jesus? It's your eternity. You can hear some things. You'll hear a lot of things. You know, these guys that get up there and spout all kinds of things, but it's not from the Word of God. They say, oh, hey, yeah, um, just ask Jesus in your heart and you'll be saved. Well, show me that where that's in God's Word. It's not there. It's nowhere in God's Word. It's nowhere in Jesus. You have to know Him. And Paul's prayer is that they would know the truth. Be introduced to the truth. In Acts chapter 3, verses 18 through 21, Acts 3, 18 through 21, the word was announced by the prophets. And it equaled in return repentance and returning. That what? There would be refreshing presence of the Lord. Only when the word was announced, introduced, was there the refreshing presence. And it's when Jesus comes into somebody's life, how refreshing that is, right? Many of you know. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 39, we see uh, Peter preaching the gospel message. Preaching of the word, introduction to. Some had known a little bit about Jesus, but they didn't really know. All of a sudden, now their eyes are opened and they're starting to see who Jesus really was. And then it's like, well, what do we do? How, how do we become married, basically? Betrothed. He says, repent, change the mind, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. What? For the forgiveness of your sins. And what then? To receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit in you. So you see that somebody needs to know to be introduced to that presence. And then what? To have the presence in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 25-27. There's the preaching of the Word. Again, 
which then introduces somebody and they become betrothed to Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord. That's the preaching. They went about preaching Jesus, the Word. And ourselves as bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness. At one point or another, each of us has seen the light, been introduced. Is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light, give Jesus the light, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And it's kind of weird how that verse is set up. Because you see, giving the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. What, what is this? What, did I, what was the first verse that I opened up with? This is. The Word of God is. Christ. This is God. And when you look into His face, into the presence, you get to know Him, and then that is manifested. The knowledge of Him is manifested in your life. The glorious character of Christ in you becomes the presence to those around you. People get to be introduced to Jesus because Jesus is in you, right? The presence is in you. You shine the light if you're looking into the mirror, into the presence of God. So not only were you introduced, but the Word of God is in you, and it should be from you. You get to know, and then in the face, in the presence... If you aren't in a relationship and there isn't face-to-face contact, how can that relationship grow? You know, when you see somebody that spends a lot of time with each other, a couple, it's like, it's, it's just weird how they're saying the same things and they feed off each other and together they are one, right? 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-10 And here's a little bit of a warning about the Word. You know, it needs to be present to you, present in you, and present from you. But here's, here's a little warning. And again, this you got to have both sides of the coin to realize how vital God's Word is. To give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well, when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord from and from the glory of His power when He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. 
for our testimony to you was believed. Those who do not know God, those who haven't met Him, and those who don't obey Jesus, the Word, this Word, not somebody else's Word or anything else, this. And what's, what's the penalty? You know what? I like being in God's presence. But for eternity, all the way, in darkness, because there's light. Anybody who's been in really, really black places and caverns, I mean, eternity away from the presence of God, that is a scary thing. You want to know how vital? you got to have the other flip side of the coin. How vital God's Word is you, to you. My second point, your presence with God, with the Word, is essential. Your presence with Him is essential. We saw that in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6 there. We just talked about it. In the face, face to face with Christ. If you're not in His presence on a daily basis, how can you get to know Him? If, if there's a relationship, if you aren't spending time with your spouse or your loved one regularly, what happens to the relationship? Common sense tells us that that face-to-face contact is essential. His glorious character made known to you and then through you when you look at the face of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3. Verses 12 through 18. Therefore, having such hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end that was fading away. But their minds were hardened. For until this very day, the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. You know, Moses, when it was just the Old Covenant, the the law, you know, his, his physical face shone. And in uh, the verses before here, verses 7 through 11, it talks about the ministry of the law versus the ministry of the Spirit, that service, and how one had much higher glory. So when we look into the face of Christ, how much more glorious than the law? Because where the Spirit is, there's freedom. You get to know, you get to see Jesus face to face in God's Word. And there is liberty, because where the Spirit is, the Spirit's in you, there is freedom. And we, with all unveiled faces, only those who turn to God and get to know Him, does the veil taken away and they get to really realize how important it is. And it's only in the mirror that His glorious character both is seen and then manifested. The transformation process only comes, you want to be that person, you want to have hope, you want to have all the different things that comes from Christ, 
and His strength and His power, it's only in God's Word. It will only, that transformation from that same image, glory to glory, will only come from the Word. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you make the mind new? Right here. The transformation. Looking into the law of liberty. God's Word. That's the only way that you will be changed. The only way that your character, putting aside the old self and putting on the new, it's only by you looking and being in the presence of God. And if you think that you can do that, oh, once a month, once a year, how would that work in your marriage if you only saw your bride once a month, once a year? Is that relationship going to be anything? Brian did a good job this morning uh, talking about um, to the kids in basketball. You know, dribbling that ball. You don't get to learn to grow and to become better unless you're doing that all the time. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 Brian, somebody needs to slap you back there. You're up, okay. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. So again, you see that God's Word, His presence, initially introduced as you heard it, to you, and now in you, and then from you, His presence, what? It says, the Word of God which also performs its work in you who believe. It's only from the Word of God. Remember the passage that says, apart from Him, there's you're nothing. Your very life is from Him. How can you have that and how can the life be manifested unless you're looking into the mirror and being transformed into that image? He works through the man or woman of God who look and are in His presence daily. James 1.21 James 1.21-25 Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility of <clears throat> receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. You want your soul to be saved? Receive the word implanted. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, the mirror, 
For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, having not become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Looking into the mirror, the Word. Looking into God, being in His presence. Don't forget what you look like. Don't forget who you are. Look into that mirror and memorize and see so that when you go away, you're not forgetting but you know what you look like and you present that to those around you. In 1 Corinthians 13, 9-12, it talks about the Word of God. It talks about the gifts and that those were fading away because what the full New Testament, God's Word, was brought in and it says, looking into the mirror, the Word of God uh, used to be dimly but then the completed Word of God came and then it was face to face and fully known. You want to fully know Jesus? you got to be in His presence looking and knowing Him. It's only Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by this Word. You know, he talks about here, for once he's uh, looked at himself and gone away, immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. You know, a lot of times, and Brian mentioned it this morning, you know, the jobs that we have, and I think guys probably more than anything, you know, we tend to identify with that. But that's, that's not our identity. That's our role. That's just a role we play. Our identity should be Christ. And it should be Christ that we play out in those roles. If we're in His presence. But it has to be an everyday thing. So my third point Continued presence with God, with the Word, is essential. Continued presence. You know, once somebody becomes married, it's like uh, once they're over the Twitter-pated sort of stuff, you know, all the little butterflies and everything, then it's rubber meeting the road. Why are you laughing, Melissa? <laughs> but... If there isn't continued presence working on, because it's it's not something that is easy. Right? Ty, learning that basketball, dribbling that basketball wasn't easy, right? It takes a lot of practice, doesn't it? And to become good at it, you got to keep practicing, right? And I think, especially in this day and age, in this world, in, in the America, is... That I want it right now, today. I want this to be all just great and wondrous. But that doesn't happen. That's not reality. You want that relationship to grow and to become something? It takes work and practice. 1 Timothy 3, 14-17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You want to become adequate and equipped? you got to be in the presence of God. And it's, it's God. 
And it's profitable for all those things. You want to learn and you want to get better? You want the relationship to grow? you got to be with Him all the time. Hebrews 4, 12-14, The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, you know, my wife, a lot of times, we don't even have to say anything. She knows me and knows what my response or knows how I'm going to respond or what I'm going to do, uh, what's going on. Because why? She's been in my presence for a long, long time, right? And with that relationship comes the unspoken things. If you're in God's Word... You know, a lot of times I think we think that we can hide things from him. You know, first relationship, you don't want that, you don't want that guy or that gal to know some of them. Oh man, those are the embarrassing things. The thing is, is our hearts are open and laid bare. Every person, there's nothing that is hidden from him. And if you recognize and know that, how much more that we can come to a God who loves us and covers everything. He, you know, it's like I can come and I can express those things. I can express my questions. I think a lot of times we fear that, oh, I come into the presence of my God and I got to be all this holy. And that. <laughs> He knows what your intentions are. He knows what your heart is and what you're thinking. Why not just lay it on the table and just be completely open? But that's what's the greatest thing about our husband who we're betrothed to. But it's only when we can come into His presence and understand that great love and forgiveness and mercy and grace and also the admonishments and the training and the correction, all those different things that our husband can do, but it only comes in His continued presence. You know, there's another passage that talks about quenching the Spirit. You know, how do you think quenching that relationship if you're not being present in it? And finally, one more passage, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And they're talking about Jesus here. And it says, Concerning Him, we have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you become dull of hearing or lazy. Really, what's the bottom line? A lot of times is, uh, um, I don't know, maybe some of you have been in a relationship and the Twitter paidedness is all gone. Is it hard to make those dates? Hard? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, well, we got, I got to go clean up the house or I got to go do this. And, or the kids, these things are happening and you're not making time to have presence. What? Usually it's because we get a little lazy. What about our husband, our true husband, for all eternity? We get a little lazy? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, those who manifest the presence of God, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracle God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who takes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. 
Okay, the Word, Jesus. For He's an infant. But solid food is for the mature. Who? Because of practice. Practice of what? The Word of righteousness. Practicing Jesus in you. What's the Jesus suit look like in your daily life? And it takes practice. Because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. It's not right and wrong. I can teach my dog right from wrong. But discerning good and evil takes practice. Practice of the Word. And that means you don't just show up for practice once in a great while. You guys that play sports and do things or have coached, and the kids who come once in a great while, oh, but they want to be great, don't they? Put me in, coach! Well, you haven't shown up for practice. The team needs somebody that is working properly and in that presence. Rational growth or relational growth takes practice. Spending a lot of time together. And I just did not have time. We're uh, over the, the half hour mark. But the, here's some extras for you that those who are taking notes. 1 Timothy 4.6 Nourished on the Word. How do things grow? Is it garden? If it's got weeds and all that stuff, it gets all choked out, right? If you want to be nourished, you got to be in the presence of God. you got to be watered. you got to have that fertilizer. 2 Peter 1, 3-12. Brian read that this morning. If you're not practicing... You know, to adding to your faith those glorious character qualities of Christ, which are yours, and they need to be increasing, but it takes practice. But in that relationship, most of them are forgotten. They've forgotten their first love. But those who practice, what? The way into the eternal kingdom will be abundantly supplied. And they're not going to stumble. Luke 6, 46-49, hearing and doing the Word of God, that house that's built on and by the Word of God, will not fall when all the storms of life come. In the storms of relationships, it will stand because you're in the presence of God. And Luke 8, 11-15, talks about the seed, the Word. Don't be those who get choked out, the relationship dies because what? They're not in the presence of God. Without presence, a relationship won't even start. If you're not introduced, you don't hear it, you don't see them, there won't even be a relationship. Without continued face-to-face presence, a relationship cannot grow or develop. Only the presence of God's Word, God, in our lives from start to finish Will our betrothal or marriage be fulfilled? Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.